Taking the stage today, the youngest poet ever to recite at a presidential inauguration. But that's not even the coolest part of her story, which you'll hear coming up next. Hey! The Daily Detour. Headlines and entertainment on your schedule. Featuring music by our house band, Quickie. And now, your host, Dan Roberts. Welcome in to The Daily Detour. It is Inauguration Day, or as others are calling it, Inauguration Day. Which I don't think is right. I believe the dictionary says inauguration, but it seems about 50-50 as I watch television. Local news, national news, you say inaugur, and I say inaugur, inaugur. Inaugure, inaugure, inaugure. Let's find out how to pronounce the word. Even if I'm wrong about that, and I did check it, but I suppose that site that I went to with the little audio uh, thing and I listened to it said, uh, that could be wrong too. But to be inaugurated just sounds like you went out and got tossed at a bar. (laughs) Oh man, we got so inaugurated last night. Anyway, there's my first tangent of the show. Let's talk about this girl. She's 22 years old. Her name is Amanda Gorman. And she becomes the youngest poet ever to recite at the uh, presidential inauguration. Maya Angelou did it before Robert Frost has done it. But the thing that's interesting about Amanda's story isn't really her age. It's the fact that she had a kind of a speech impediment as a kid. She had difficulty saying certain letters of the alphabet. The letter R was especially hard for her to pronounce. But she's overcome that. She's got the spotlight today. She's part of history. Her first lyrical picture book is coming out. It's available for pre-order. So if you're interested in that after you uh, hear her speak today, uh, that's Amanda Gorman, and her book is Change Sings, a children's anthem. And she plans on returning to the White House someday as President of the United States. So look for her to start running, I don't know, in 10 years or something? 12? You gotta be 35, I think, to run for president, something like that. Now, before we get to uh, the headlines of the day, the headlines and the punchlines, I do have this little good news extra for you. Saw a great video yesterday of a man limping on crutches. His leg was in a cast. Not so great for him. But what was fun about it uh, and why the video went viral is because the man's dog was limping along behind him. They really were quite the pair, both limping. And the vet says that the man's dog is just fine and that he's only limping out of sympathy for the owner. And I'll put a link to the video uh, in in the description of this episode because you've got to see it. Greyhound dog limping along like that because he loves his person so much. All of which just goes to show how much pets love us and want to be like us, which is true. Um, I stopped drinking booze and switched to non-alcoholic beer. And the second I did that, so did my cats. And I'm pleased to report they now have fewer hangovers and fewer hairballs as a result of their uh, lifestyle change. And that may not be the dumbest thing I say all day. Let's get to headline news. Or rather, news. 12 U.S. Army National Guard members have been removed from the presidential inauguration security mission today after they were found to have ties with right-wing militia groups or posted extremist views online. And when I say extremist views, you know, we're not talking unpopular takes like The Lion King is overrated or Chick-fil-A sucks or... I heart Nickelback. I mean, as extreme as that is, uh, these were worse than that. And this story kind of got buried on the news last night, but another U.S. soldier was arrested in a plot to blow up the New York City 9-11 memorial. So I think 2021 is going pretty good so far. What do you think? 
Today will mark the first time an outgoing president will throw a competing event for himself on the inauguration day of the incoming president, which sounds really weird. I'm going to throw an event for myself. But then I remembered I've thrown birthday parties for myself. Never on somebody else's birthday. Like I don't go, honey, I know it's your birthday, but today we're going to celebrate me. I don't do that. But I have, you know, acknowledged my own birthday by inviting people over to go swimming or something which I think is more of a control issue for me than an ego thing. I do not want a surprise party. I want to know who's coming on my special day. Anyway, initially the Pentagon refused to take part in this big to-do, so I don't know how it uh, has gotten to this point, but Trump is reportedly leaving for Mar-a-Lago from Joint Base Andrews uh, Air Force with a military band and a red carpet walk flanked by troops. He will not be at President Joe Biden's uh, inauguration, He and Melania will not be giving a tour of the White House to the incoming president and first lady. And really, what better way to say America first? Doesn't seem petty and selfish at all. This is kind of scary and funny all at once. This is an odd story. Uh, There was a car thief who found a toddler in the backseat of a stolen vehicle who then drove back and lectured the mom for leaving her child unattended. Once mom had the child in her arms again, the thief once again stole the vehicle drove off into the sunset. But, you know, a valuable lesson was learned. Thieves can be teachers, too. No, that's not the lesson. That lesson is, if you're going into the store for a minute and you leave your child in the car, take the keys with you. It's better for you, better for your child, and better for the thief, because no car thief wants to be convicted of kidnapping. So, you know, do it for yourself, do it for your child, and do it for the car thief. Take those keys with you. A White House correspondent from France, or France, if you prefer, has gone viral for reporting on the U.S. election in six different languages. However, I noticed Klingon wasn't one of the languages, so how big a deal is this, really? That's what I'm saying. All right, it's time to turn our attention to Holly Beard. Could one of President Trump's 100 or more pardons go to Netflix reality star, quote-unquote star Joe Exotic? Well, we probably have the answer by the time you hear this podcast, but here I go anyway uh, with what I know. Exotic is so confident that he's going to get a presidential pardon that his team is parking a limousine near the prison in preparation for his release, which I don't see happening. And maybe his team doesn't either. And they just figure, well, hell, Joe's paying for a limo. Now he ain't getting out, but he doesn't know that. Let's get the limo anyway. Go for a ride. Let's party. Anyway, should he get out of prison? He says he wants to uh, go get his hair done right away. Hasn't had that done in like two years. And then a celebratory dinner is in order that could include pizzas, steak, and McRib sandwiches. And McRib sandwiches sounds like a Dan Roberts punchline. It's not. That's actually on his list. (laughs) Meanwhile, more bad news for President Trump. This time it could affect his TV career. The industry union SAG-AFTRA Constitution says members can be expelled or suspended for engaging in actions antagonistic to the interests or integrity of the union. Turns out bashing the media for four plus years and then inciting a riot that threatened the actual United States Constitution could be a no-no. So will Trump be expelled from the union? Jury is still out on that. So there's a chance. There's a chance it won't happen. And I'm sure SAG-AFTRA members like Alec Baldwin will be fair in their judgment. Country music legend and worth noting Republican Garth Brooks will perform at President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration. The star says, this is not a political statement. This is a statement of unity. I'm excited, nervous, all the good things because this is history and it's an honor to get to serve. Brooks went into more detail saying, 
I don't know. I might be the only Republican at this place, but reaching out together, I want us to offer a differing opinion and hug each other at the same football game. I think as long as you have people like the Bidens who are hell-bent on making things good, that makes me feel good because I want to spend the next 10 years of my life not divided. I'm so tired of being divided, Brooks says. I don't even have, I don't have a punchline for that. I just like what he had to say. And finally, we'll wrap up the Daily Dish with this. It's the 30th anniversary of the classic film Silence of the Lambs. And to celebrate, stars Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster reunited for an interview with Variety magazine. After sharing some fond memories of making the movie, the conversation came to an abrupt end when Hopkins ate Miss Foster. On account of he's a cannibal. He's Hannibal the cannibal! What can I tell you? I like the silly. It is time for the next chapter in my interview with Andrew Arolfo, rising star, Filipino comedian. How did you come into uh, uh, knowing Joe Coy? Because he's featured you in his new Netflix special, In His Elements, which is very cool. You guys got to go to the Philippines for this. Yeah, that was uh, that was so much fun. Worst plane ride I've ever been on in my life, though. Okay, uh, you need a follow-up on that. <laughs> need more more details. It was the first time I ever, I ever flew business class. So I'm like so excited. And there was like, those are the ones where the seats like recline. You could like sleep, you know, and I'm supposed to be sitting a window seat. But the lady next to me, the way she booked her tickets was she sat in the aisle and then her husband sat in the other aisle. So they were technically next to each other, but they weren't sitting next to each other. Right. And then so she asked me and she was like, hey, can my husband and you switch seats? Uh, we like booked this wrong and then out of the kindness of my heart I was like yeah I'll do it and then I didn't realize that he was sitting next to like a seven-year-old kid oh and this kid sucked so bad because <laughs> at first I thought it was gonna be okay just because he had like his little Nintendo yeah and I had my little Nintendo and I thought we we're just gonna keep it you know and then yeah. he just kept like talking <laughs> and I was like I don't really want to talk to this kid and also on the flight, I was already feeling kind of sick. Like, I didn't feel good. Uh-oh. It was like a 15-hour flight, so I didn't really feel that well. And then uh, I was sleeping, and then I woke up because the kid sneezed on me. Ugh. Yeah. And, and I, we've I already knew... established that uh, you like to Purell and do, like you're yeah. kind of a germaphobe. Yeah, somewhat. I, already, I already had Which I had it on me, yeah. but he, he sneezed. Yeah on my face like i woke up and my face was wet and i was like i know i knew exactly what happened you can't really purell your face no that's horrible and that wouldn't (laughs) even if you weren't a germaphobe like nobody wants that no one's good with that yeah it was that is a bad flight that is a bad flight i got sick (laughs) on a flight once and and it was the worst thing ever I mean, oh, I got yeah? sick. Like, I mean, I don't want to gross you out, but I got like I had it. I had both ends going, and uh, which is not fun <laughs> on a turbulent flight from Florida back to uh, Washington. And people were looking at me like I knew I was sick before I got on the plane. And why did you get on the plane? I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> you know. And thanks for your compassion. But I didn't. Yeah. I didn't sneeze on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Did you uh, poop on anybody? No, I'm I did not. I did not. But thank you for asking. It's good to ask, as I like to say. No, that was the worst. That's uh, I will never forget that, and never want to go through that again. Uh, yeah. So you are Filipino American. Had you ever been to the Philippines before? Yeah, I had been. Maybe it was really young, probably like nine or ten years old, and I wasn't there for that long. And it was only for 
I was just with my family most of the time. Like a vacation? No, I think it was a vacation for my mom and dad, and then I was just kind of there. Right. <laughs> no, I know, but you didn't like move there for like six months or a year or something. No, 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 no. I was there for like a week. Okay. So no, la- no, like any real lasting impressions from that trip? Uh, not really. Like I just remember just hanging out with like my family, eating, and then just being being really hot, and then uh, just that's it. So this was uh, coming as an adult was kind of like my first yeah. real. Had you trip. wanted to go back, or you didn't know you wanted to go back until the opportunity presented itself? Oh, I've wanted to go back for a while, but uh, it's uh, it's real expensive, yeah. you know, and <laughs> I don't got that kind of funds. You don't like have that, that Netflix you know? money? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, before that, I was like, oh, there's no way. So had, <laughs> you, had you known Joe Coy for a while, or how did how did you meet him? This is kind of cool. Um, I was doing a Filipino show in uh, L.A., and I was at the time I was living in San Francisco, and I did this all Filipino show in L.A. And before my set, everybody is like, "Oh my God, look who's here! Look who's here!" It's like everybody was like, "Oh, Joe Coy's here," and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like I'm about I'm about to go up, right. and then <laughs> I go up, I do my thing, I do pretty well to where I, I guess well enough for him to come up to me after the show and was like, "Hey, uh, do you want to open for me on Tuesday? You want to wow. do set on my show?" Yeah, and this was I think on a Saturday. Friday or Saturday in LA and then um, I was like uh, yeah sure I'll do it and I was going home the next day to San Francisco so (laughs) on Saturday or whatever I went home back to the bay and I still had a I still had a job and then I I did my job uh, my day job and then I drove to LA did the show open for him and then drove immediately back to San Francisco right after (laughs) like right after the show (laughs) That's kind of the hustle. That's the drive. That I mean, that's why yeah. you've become successful now at doing this because you just you have that willingness to 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 go to those great lengths. Like some of us get to you know, <laughs> forget about yeah. it. Cause yeah, because that's yeah, yeah, that's drive. Uh, I th- I think it was it was literally a twelve hour drive. Well, I meant like, <laughs> like internal. I meant internal, but yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and I yeah, it was, and then yeah, it it was worth it because uh, like I want to say like. Three months later, he he hit me up. He gave me a call. and was like, "Hey, you want to do this Netflix thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> That's amazing. That's really cool. What uh, besides what we saw on the special, which is uh, brand, I mean, it just dropped I think last week on Netflix. Joe Coy in his elements, and uh, you know, in addition, it, it's like a variety show. It's not really a stand-up special per se. There is a lot of stand-up yeah. on it, but there's other things going on. And then it's also a little bit of a travel log, getting to see mm-hmm. Manila. And so what didn't we see? We saw you trying food. What were some experiences while you were there that we didn't get to see? Me and my uncle just <laughs> shopping for <laughs> an entire day. And that got cut? Yeah. No, yeah. They weren't even, they didn't care about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I, I spent a lot of time with, uh, with my family that lived, lived there. Oh, cool. So on days that I wasn't shooting, they'd, they'd pick me up from the hotel and then we just go shopping and stuff like that but they were you close to them like do you keep in touch with email or social media or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. my uncle who i was who would drive me around he used to come to the bay area every every year every summer just because he works like at oracle so he'd have like a conference in the bay and okay. he'd always stay at our place but yeah also the nightlife they didn't sh- they didn't show us yeah. that. tell us about the nightlife andrew orofo crazy it is insane out there really uh yeah it, so they have like this like new development 
it's a it's basically a new neighborhood in Manila. It's called uh, BGC Bonificio Global City, and it. Someone told me that they started that in 2013, and then they they just pretty much like it's it's almost there. It's like almost done, but it it looks like downtown LA. It looks like San Francisco. It looks wow. like New York. It's just skyscrapers, uh, a Chipotle, a pottery barn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, there's like, nothing better than getting drunk and going to pottery barn. You know, yeah, like Lululemon. So there was like. <laughs> It was crazy seeing all that because yeah. it was like, oh, I thought that was only here. And then over there, they have like this whole new city that just looks like, yeah, it's crazy. It's cra- they have like, I went to like a rooftop bar. That was really cool. Always fun. Yeah. And then uh, like a lot of, I went to a few clubs. That was really fun. And you know how here you're not allowed to like get into certain clubs because you have like, sh- like shorts on or like. Sure. Or flip flops. I don't think it's a problem. You know what I mean? They want you to dress yes, like kind of yes, nice. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like you know like nice like like up like upscale clubs they like want you to like have like yeah they want it they, they're nice selling shoes. an image and an experience yeah so yeah yeah well over there my friend had shorts and like flip-flops on and they're like oh you can't wear that and he was like oh no i can't get in this club and they're like no no no, no. give us an extra 20 bucks here's pants here's shoes <laughs> And they did that for anybody who was who didn't have a dress code. They just let that's them buy clothes, and yeah. then they get in. Yeah, that's how you do it. Uh, well, that's cool. So, that, so it was a fun time. Will you, do you think you'll go back anytime soon? It is expensive, like you said. Do you want to go back? I do. I do want to go back because when I went out there, I was like worried about like is is my comedy gonna do well there? But before the taping, I was like, I need to go do this set. I need to see if this is going to work. So I found on Facebook, I just like found a group of Filipino comedians like in the, in the Philippines. And they're like, yeah, we have an open mic tonight. So I went after one of the shoots and it was so much fun. And I think like I can go back and, and I'll be fine. That was smart. That was really smart of you. I do have a question though. I have a follow-up question. Yeah. What was your plan if it didn't work at the open mic? Uh, yeah, I did. I, good thing it didn't come to that. Cause I didn't have a plan B. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you going to write a whole new set or were you yeah. going to phone in sick to work? Like what was the plan? Yeah. The thing about my car, I, I, I can't pivot. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Pivoting is hard. Uh, improv skills. Uh, I guess decent, I, decent. but so I you can pivot a little, like you can break away and yeah, improvise. but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, Trying to do crowd work and like improv in a different country is already like crazy. I'm sure. (laughs) Comedian Andrew Arolfo, pretty low key, uh, mellow guy, seems to be grounded for someone who's appeared in a major Netflix comedy slash variety special with Joe Coy, who's just on fire the last few years. Very cool. More with him on tomorrow's podcast. It is time to wrap things up, and I just wanted to uh, close with this. Uh, COVID-19 has been on our shores for a year now. Over 400,000 Americans have lost their lives in that year. Someone in Los Angeles County dies every six minutes. And I just heard a startling statistic that in the United States at large, someone dies of COVID-19 every 26 seconds, which is a statistic that just makes you want to cry. But a lot of people have been crying for a long time over this. Yesterday evening, uh, President-elect Joe Biden, who becomes president today, uh, arrived in Washington and took part in a remembrance ceremony near the Lincoln Memorial. And uh, they represented the 400,000 U.S. victims by placing 400 lights 
around the reflecting pool, lamps. And he was there at night, and of course, it, it just looked really beautiful. Very striking image. Uh, had a moment of silence with the first lady by his side, and uh, Kamala and her husband uh, with them as well. And then the bell at the Washington National Cathedral told 400 times to represent the 400,000 victims. And I don't know what you thought of that, if you saw that. If you didn't see it, you're hearing about it now. Uh, but for me, taking a moment to grieve publicly like this uh, with a leader sharing our pain uh, was a long time coming. And I found it uh, made me feel better, kind of. I mean, it doesn't make me feel 400,000 victims better, clearly. But acknowledging that it's been tough on everyone and uh, showing compassion, I, I did. I really found that to be a wonderful thing. So if you've been listening to the podcast any length of time, you know that I've gone from being completely uh, the guy saying, I don't want to be the guinea pig. I don't want to be first in line for the vaccine, which, of course, is impossible because I'm too young and I'm not uh, sick enough or whatever you want to say. Not on that list anyway. But now I'm just getting impatient. Like, I want the people who are most vulnerable to be able to get that vaccine as quick as possible. And then I want to be, now I want to be at the front of my line, if you will. So if you're feeling that way as well, uh, you know what? We should all be examples for our friends and family, our community, and post pictures when we get vaccinated. My sister-in-law is a healthcare worker. She sent us a photo, you know, proud recipient of the vaccine. And I have a friend uh, who's a professor at a college in Virginia, and he uh, shared his image online. So I'm going to do that as well. Who knows when that will be? It may be summer. It may be September. I have no idea. I have a feeling we'll be as close to normal as we've been in a long time by August, September, October, somewhere in there. There's a lot of people to get vaccinated uh, between now and then. But by all accounts, 2021 is the year that COVID-19 stops being a threat. So again, if you are getting vaxxed, be an example for your friends and family. Uh, let them know there's no danger to being vaccinated so that they feel encouraged to take the step themselves. In the meantime, mask up, stay well, be kind, and I'll chat with you next episode. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits, LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment. And we'll chat with you next time. Hey, hey.